Welcome to this episode of the Progress with Unity podcast. Following on from a fantastic result, performance, and away day at Fleetwood. Fleetwood by the seaside. And I've got Adam and Paul with me. How are you doing, chaps? Bonsoir. Bonsoir. bien. Anyway, what a, what a night last night we had, Adam. Superb evening altogether from a bit of a dodgy start. I mean, at the end of the day, what do you go to football for? You go for entertainment, don't you? Forget the worries of the working week or other stresses of life. A nice release from all that. And yeah, it's a bonus when you win, of course. But, you know, after the pandemic and not being able to watch football, that's that's what you want, isn't it? A match like that, you know, and uh, great atmosphere as well, particularly in the second half. And, you know, we were very, very close to the uh, to the action and also the towel. The towel. I thought it was going to make an appearance on tonight's podcast. That's uh, Max Powers' towel, which was used to wipe the ball down for those long throw-ins, which he didn't do too many of, really, did he? No, oh, but that guy, that guy uh, next to us in the, I think, 80th minute, picked it up and gave it to... Well, tried to give it to James McLean, but he uh, he refused his very kind offer and took a short throwing instead. Before we go any further, big shout out to uh, Highbury Chippy on the corner of the stadium there. Served all the Wiganers very well. Did you try the fur out, Adam? I didn't know. I had some uh, food in the ground, really. And I think at this, this juncture, before we move on to the important matter of the game, yeah, the food was decent. Uh, toilets seven out of ten last night. Excellent, excellent hand dryers. Very powerful. But, and very uh, warm. Very warm. Yeah, very, as well. very, very warm. But I didn't like the fact there were no air fresheners in the urinals. That was pretty poor. Yeah, the water didn't get too hot when I was washing my hands. But apart from that, decent toilets. So uh, that's another edition of toilet talk. The game, the game itself. We started off. One of the things I noticed almost immediately was how flimsy the. Fleetwood players were, how easily they, they got brushed over and, and fell to the floor. And the referee was protecting them and giving free kicks left, right and centre. It was Callum Morton, weren't it, who, who got brushed aside by the merest of challenges from Curtis Tilt. And he did a two-footed, it was like a swallow dive, weren't it, what he did? And the referee gave a free kick. And we knew what was going to come from such... Such a dramatic free kick, such a dramatic dive. We knew what was going to come next. And surely enough, it was a good strike. Perhaps Amos could have done slightly better, but it was in the back of the net. It was odd because it was a very, very soft free kick and uh, it was a delayed reaction because they would kind of gone up starting an attack and then he brought it back, which I thought was really odd. Yeah, very soft free kick, but like you said, good strike, good finish. At that stage, Paul, it was uh, the old Tuesday night. Hoodoo was rearing its ugly head once again. The Tuesday blues were going round our house, that's for sure. We didn't rest on our laurels. We pulled our socks up. We got stuck in. We tried to make a go of it. A couple of good chances in the first half. Notably, Charlie White's header, which was superbly saved by the goalkeeper with his feet. And Will Keane's follow-up to that when it looks easier to put it in the back of the net than knock it wide, but he knocked it wide, Keane again. There was a, a big shout for a penalty for us as Lang went tumbling in the box and then people who were watching it back home seemed to confirm in their view that it should have been a penalty, but it was too far away for us to see. And then Dariqua hit what was uh, a sensational effort from about, it felt about 30 yards and the keeper tipped it over. 
Great effort, that, Adam. I think they've obviously, him and Tilty have been practising a long-range shooting, haven't they, over the last couple of weeks? Because <laughs> two fantastic strikes there. I mean, I was going, don't shoot, don't shoot. Oh, great effort, great effort. <laughs> what do I know? Exactly. Anyway, our time come, we're a goal down, and we're thinking to ourselves, we've had a lot of possession in this half, we've created some chances, we're playing towards our own supporters, we're, we're bound to get an all an old on the game and, and get an early goal. And the referee give them a penalty. <laughs> then we find ourselves 2-0 down. What do we make of that penalty? Well, I thought it was a penalty, personally, but I think it was a, a bit of a comedy of errors, really, wasn't it? Although it wouldn't feel like a comedy at the time. Uh, I think the back pass was a bit short. I think he caught it. He went down easily, but I think he made I think he made the referee make a decision, really, Moss there. So no major complaints about that, in my view. We were 2 0 down. It seemed like it was another Tuesday night, a disaster. We had a, a chance to go in top of the league and we were playing a team in the bottom four. I found ourselves 2 0 down. But like I said, they, they pulled the socks up, really got into the game. Bailey started to become dominant in midfield. And we had that 10 minute spell where we banged three goals in. And we started off with, with Wang's goal. And I couldn't believe how we managed to get in from that angle. Fantastic finish. Great pass as well from, from Tom Bayless. Great pass. You've got to blame the keeper because if the keeper had been sharp, he'd have got it. So we found ourselves back in the game and uh, the, the pressure by this stage was relentless and we could sniff could sniff blood, couldn't we? King came up with the equaliser. Just before that, we, we hit the crossbar, didn't we, when the keeper just seemed to leave it and then there was a bit of a, uh, a scramble uh, and then... Obviously, the uh, the goal itself, you know, was was pressure within the box. It looked like ninety third minute, didn't it? That type of defending ball then looks like it's going to go out of play, but somehow Charlie White with a amazing overhead kick to get it back into play, and uh, and there's Keane with uh, with a good finish, and we're back at two all. Yeah, at that point, I was out of my seat at that juncture. The first goal, I kept it cool, but the second one. I was out on my seat. Uh, couldn't resist just running those two yards to the front to uh, to, to join in the celebrations. Yeah, and at this stage, we were checking the phones and we found out that uh, some of them were getting absolutely tated at, down at Sheffield Wednesday and Wickham were losing a stone to Ipswich by quite a hefty score as well. So we, we had that feeling then, didn't we? We had the, that feeling that Tuesday, the Tuesday Udo was out the window in fact, going to finish the evening at the top of the league. That's exactly what happened. Max's uh, deliveries all night have been quite good, and he popped a corner over. There was a bit of something went went on. I mean, Tilt almost had a free header there to, to power that header home. But if you remember just before the incident, the Fleetwood Town centre-back, Hill, had gone to the ground and received some attention, and, and the trainer was was playing shenanigans, taking the long way to get to and trying to trying to kill a bit of time, wasn't it? But the referee was right in saying because he'd received tra- uh, some treatment, he had to leave the field of play. And he, he was, for me, he was possibly the best defender. He was a big, tall lad, good in the air, just left us, left tilted there. And he started to come back and bit, bit them on the arse with what they'd been doing all game, weren't it? With the time wasting and, and the... There other stuff they were they were doing. Quite interesting one because you remember in the build up to it as well. Edwards did a good attack, didn't he? And he got fouled, but the referee didn't give the foul and instead went out for a corner. When I don't actually think the Fleetwood player got anything on the ball, 
And then obviously they had the injury then to the fleet. So we thought it was one of those, let's stop the momentum because we had all that momentum, let's slow it down. But like you said, it, it left tilt free in the area and he's, uh, you know, finished it off really well. A very well-deserved uh, third goal, you know, and, and at that point, if, if I didn't know about the uh, Football Offences Act 1991, Section 4, I would have actually been on the pitch, but I do know it's a criminal offence, so I, would, I wouldn't do that. Just a big shout-out to the referee here, Ross Joyce. He was truly awful, but he was awful for both sides. And we cottoned on in the second half that if we dropped to the ground, not only we will get a free kick, but we'll get the player boots as well. So we did that on quite a few times. We joined in with the with the fun and games, didn't we? What a coincidence as well, Barry, that I was just thinking, I said to you yesterday, didn't I? I said it was the anniversary of a certain Warren Joyce arriving through the door at Wigan Athletic. And uh, on the, to celebrate, we had a Joyce on the pitch who was as bad as Warren. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's as bad as that fella, believe me. Anyway, stats for the game. Possession 63% to us, with 17 shots to Fleetwood's 10, 13 fouls to their 10, and they won the Bookings tournament with 3-2. to two. Our two Bookings, Lang, first game back after suspension, and he picks up another booking, which I think he was a little bit unfair to do so. And the other one is Dorico. And I'm not sure whether that's his fifth of the season, which would mean that he'd be missing for the Oxford game after the after the international break. So I'm, I'm not I so think sure. That, I think that's right, because I think Ash said that last night on the commentary. The Progress with Unity and Listeners Man of the Match winner, as voted for by our members on Twitter and on Facebook, midfield player Tom Bayliss. He had a very good game last, last night. The attendance... 3,246 with 1,100 away supporters. So quite a... That was a sellout, by the way. So it's our, our third sellout this season. Fourth sellout, is it? We sold out at Accrington, Bolton, sold out at Wimbledon, and we sold out at Fleetwood. So, yeah, four, four sellouts we've had this season on the road. So that's very good as well. Right, so so those three points took us back to the top of the league. And if we're looking down the table now... We're sitting pretty on 34 points with the second top scorers in the division and we've got the second best defensive record in the division as well. just wanted to say uh, we're top of the league but we're only the second best side in the league because the side who are 15 points below us are actually the best side in the league, aren't they? Yeah, I think they won last night in a in a pizza trophy game away at Rochdale, didn't they? <laughs> They won, they won the game nobody cares about. Priorities. Priorities, Everett. Priorities. It's great calling him every week, isn't it? You know, I mean, he's just set all this up himself, aren't he? It could big be a reg- regular feature now, couldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Saturday, Solly Moore, FA Cup first round. The magic of the cup. We've drawn an all-league side. It's very exciting. I'm really looking forward to it. Tickets are cheap enough for everybody to get themselves down there. Let's join in with the magic. Jump on the back of the two victories on the bounce and let's cheer them lads on until round two. Should we have a bit of ref watch? Well, if you think last night's ref was left a bit to be desired, Saturday's ref is Dan Middleton from Derbyshire, who's never refereed in the Football League because his refereeing standard is the National League. He has, however, refed four FA Cup ties, two of which featured league sides, Tranmere and Bristol Rovers playing non-league sides in those games. Mr Middleton has 84 games under his belt, issuing 
266 yellow cards, 22 reds, 21 penalties. He's not shy of handing out a few cards. So he's averaging 2.7 yellows a game and basically giving a red or a penalty every other game or giving one of each every fourth game. He's refereed five solid games, two in the 2017-18 season, the three last season. One was a 5 0 home defeat to Stockport, and he sent off Moore's defender Tyrone Williams after just 17 minutes. This season, all in the National League, he's done eight games, 36 yellows, four reds and three penalties. That's Dan Middleton, who's your referee for Saturday. Well, this next segment will be very short if we did the usual segment because there's no previous against Solihull. However, we do have some uh, form and they are doing very well at the moment. Uh, they um, The last outing was a nil-nil draw, but that's in the middle of a decent unbeaten run that they're on uh, at the moment, uh, which actually also includes the... FA Cup win at Hereford, uh, obviously very famous cup side there. They've been there or thereabouts the last few seasons in the uh, National League, so they're a, they're a good side at that level and they've certainly got ambitions to get into the Football League. I guess the star players, really, uh, you've got, apologies if I do not pronounce this correctly, but Joe Sabara. Basically, uh, this season, he's got seven goals in 10 games. So that's a very sort of impressive uh, record. He's played 49 games across Championship and League One for Burton. So he's got that level of experience for such a young player. Uh, Andrew Dallas as well, who's a Scottish striker, who's played 23 games for Cambridge. So more Football League experience. He scored three and 12 uh, not featuring that much this season, uh, but in the squad is Adam Rooney. Uh, and Adam Rooney, if you recall, was the uh, player that signed for Salford from Aberdeen when Salford were a non-league side and Aberdeen were third in the league. So he obviously went for the history of Salford, nothing to do with the money. So that's uh, a little bit about uh, Solihull. We hope they uh, enjoy their day out on, uh, on, on Saturday. They'll be very welcome at the... DW Stadium. In the build-up to the game, I have managed to speak to Solly Olmua's supporter, Chloe Mullinu, and she's the treasurer of the Supporters Trust there. During the interview, she speaks about the manager, Neil Lively, and she also talks about the last round win at Eriford. Uh, she gives us a prediction of the game. So let's have a listen what Chloe had to say. I'm Chloe Mullinu, and I'm the treasurer of the Solihull Moors Supporters Association. So the Moors were founded in 2007 when the two local clubs, Solihull Borough and Moor Green, uh, amalgamated uh, due to financial and other reasons. And uh, since then, we've never looked back and we are Solihull Moors through and through. We're quite established now in the National League uh, after a few seasons after being promoted from the National League North under Marcus Bignett. Uh, a few successful seasons, a few touch-and-go seasons, but we're now in a position where we really, really want to be in contention to uh, be promoted into the league. He's had a good start to the season, a different kind of style of play than we've been used to. Um, he's very much uh, into keeping hold of the ball, uh, making sure the passes are correct, moving up the pitch. And it's really interesting to see, and um, a lot of the players have adapted well to it, and I'm really impressed with the pace we've got down the wings. So, so far, so good, Neil. Uh, we're currently uh, unbeaten in seven games, which is a pretty good run in our league. 
you know, there's a few draws in there. Like one we just had on Saturday, which was a really tense game, a couple of red cards, and it was just a nil-nil, but it wasn't one of those drab nil-nil games. It was pretty end-to-end. Unbeaten, clean sheets, etc. It's a good start. We're sitting proudly in fifth position at the moment, and with the National League, playoffs go down to place seven. Only There's only a one automatic promotion place, and that's if you finish first. Two down to seven end up playing each other. And a few seasons ago, we actually did finish second, got to the semi-final playoff and unfortunately didn't get past the semi-final and it was very heartbreaking. Hereford, so it was pretty local for us and we hadn't faced them before, uh, but it was only a tight 1-0 pretty late on in the game. But we were really, really happy to proceed because the last few seasons, obviously the aim is always to get as far as you can and then to, to, to be drawn against the Latics is just an unbelievable day out for us. The Latics to us are a very big club. Uh, Ex-Premier League is just unbelievable. Uh, not many teams in our division um, we can say that we're having a big day out at um, an ex-Premier League club. The club's really interested in developing talent from the uh, academy, but at the moment our one player to watch out for is our number seven, Joe Spara. We got him from Burton and he's having an unbelievable start to the season, just banging goals in. We've also signed a player in the summer called Andy Dallas. And for me, he's absolutely, absolutely amazing and works so hard for the team. Runs, runs and runs. So those two for me are the ones to watch. Our home colours are yellow and blue and that's what all of our chants are all about. So I'm hoping with the Latics playing blue and white, we should be okay to play in yellow and blue or just a full yellow kit. So the Supporters Association so far have uh, got two coaches fully booked up. We're toying with the idea of hopefully maybe bringing a third. It's just working out the financials on that. And I, as the treasurer, have to crunch the numbers, have to think with my head, not just my heart. Then there will be a load of independent travellers anyway, because it's quite an easy connection from Birmingham to Wigan. There should be a couple of hundred at least. And I know that's probably... Not something that the Latics are used to seeing, just a couple of hundred of away followers. But for us, that is, that's a big following. A tough one to call on Saturday. Obviously, we're absolutely desperate for the win and to finally progress. I'm obviously going to say it's a 2-1 win, both Spara and Dallas on the board. Yeah, that's it, 2-1. You've heard it here. Oh, that was quite interesting. And uh, she, I think they're absolutely buzzing about coming up, coming up here playing us. Uh, listening to a talk and you're really excited. It's the, the Mullinew Derby, this, isn't it? Yeah, the C <laughs> Mullinew Derby, Caroline and Chloe. They will be meeting each other. I think it's going to be a good, a good occasion, this. I mean, it's a team we've never played before, isn't it? I, I didn't realise as well, just listening to what she said, it was only formed in 2007. And that, that surprised me because, um, you know, I thought they were much older than that. And, and the, the uh, like you say, Adam, they're on a good run of form. They've only lost two games all season. And they're in the middle of an unbeaten run of eight games. And in there, there's uh, two draws and, and six wins. So they are in a good good run of form. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, the sides like Solihull, they're the sides that haven't been in the league, but they're, they're ambitious. You know, they're obviously throwing a bit of money at it as well, at that relatively so at that level. And they're mixing it with a lot of sides that have been in the Football League. So, you know, there's some relatively big sides at that level. So for me, you know, uh, as we'll go on to in a moment, I think they'll be a very, very tough opponent. Yeah, they'll be up for it, no doubt. I mean, we we found out last season, Paul, didn't we, with Charlie, you know, uh, you can come unstuck and 
we were we was uh, cruising in that game. <laughs> we were on the, the wrong end of the 2-0 up and lost 3-2, weren't we? That, for me, has got to be one of, if not the lowest point in the club's history. You're in administration. You've got John Sheridan in charge. No sign of a deal, I don't think, at that point. And then you get knocked out by the local non-league side. And you're just like, you know, how much worse was it going to get? And look where we are now. Quality should should overcome on Saturday. You know, we've, we've got in Liam Richardson, you've got a manager who's got the, the key skill of a football manager, which is man management skills. Because everybody that's come into that club under him, even the, you know, the, the, the job in pros last season and now this season's team, they're all desperate to, to win, as was evidenced last night. We should just have too much desire and too much quality. Yeah. Um, like I say, I think it'd be a good, a good, fun, comfortable day. You know, if we're doing predictions, I'll go three-one. Latics. So Paul's done his prediction already. Adam, he's jumped straight in. Let's see how the bookies uh, look at it. They've got us down as uh, ten to three on four to one for the draw, eight to one Solihull. So we're strong favourites. I suppose last season would have been strong favourites as well. So you just do not know. And how many times in our non-league history have we gone to, you know, played against league clubs? And they've been strong favourites. We know these upsets. And not only that, when we played Manchester City in the FA Cup final, who were strong favourites. So I'm not paying too much attention to that. Do you think there'll be quite a few changes in the makeup of the team? Or are we going to... Well, it's the last game before the international break. Are we, are we going to continue with a similar sort of side that we sent out last night? I think it'll be a bit of a hybrid. It'll be interesting to see, I'm presuming that Watts has got permission to play because I don't know if Newcastle, I've got a, a callback option in January, but if he has got permission to play, I think he will play. I'm pretty sure he played in the Bolton Cup game. Uh, I think Kerr will get another game and uh, I'll probably play four at the back. I don't know about right back because maybe maybe Maxi will come because I think I, th- I think Lloyd's gone out on loan, hasn't he? Yeah, he's gone up to the Lloyd, yeah. Then you've got Pierce or Robinson on the left. You know that doesn't. That's not weak, is it? Really at all. Uh, midfield. That's where we. St- Scott Smith will play, I suspect. Keno might still have a game. I don't know. Uh, I can't remember if he's been called up to international or not this time. I can't. I can't recall whether there's he's been he's been called up. Uh, and then obviously we've got the likes of Edwards, Jones. Dallas Asgard, you know, we're going to be in and around the, uh, the, the the squad. So I think Jamie Jones in goal, I suspect. So I think it'll be, I think the likes of Watmore I don't think will play because, you know, he, he looked like he picked up a little knot last night. Charlie White, maybe not as well because, you know, he, he has been carrying knocks. But I think we'll put out a side that is good enough to get through albeit, remember, the, these non-league sides now are not the amateur sides who go and, you know, they're like plumbers and brickies and PE teachers. You know, the professional footballers at the end of the day, you know, and they're, they're striving to get in the league. So we're going to have to be at our best to win the game. Um, but I, th- I think the squad's good enough to put a, a decent side out. Just to jump in there, just to remind you that Jeff Horsfield was, in fact, a brickie. Yes, indeed. Yes, he was. Uh, can't really say that he went down in history for us because he only played about 12 games and then disappeared off. But we did get Jason Roberts instead. So, Yeah, well, the point I'm making is, you know, he was a good good striker, weren't he? He was a good striker. Yeah, 
Oh, yeah, and don't get me wrong, there's some semi-professional players who are class, but then, you know, if you're a professional footballer, you're not going to have issues with your fitness, are you? So, you know, end of the day, and they'll raise the game because most of them have probably not played in a stadium like this before, you know, and uh, it'll be a reasonable crowd, I suspect. And, you know, they're always going to be up for it. Everyone's up for the cup, don't they? Everyone wants a giant killing. Yeah, they do. Uh, well, go on, give us a... Paul's gone for 3-1 to the last six. What are you going for? 1-1. One, one. Fancy a draw. And I wouldn't be too... Because I'd love to go down there. I think Latix will just prove to be too strong, even if they make changes. I, I agree with you. Where, uh, you're saying Smith will come in. I've no doubt he will. Stevie Humphries will start up front. Uh, maybe alongside Callum Lang. Uh, Langy wants to play football. He's, he's only young. And I, I'm sure we'll see Tello Asgard as well. He'll get maybe get an hour under his belt. I'm going for a, a 2 0 win for the Latics. Up yeah. the ticks. Come on, 2 0. Let's get on a cup run. Sat at the top of the table. We'll still be there on Sunday, no matter what happens in the meantime. We'll be back on Sunday to do the reaction to the Solid Hole game. And we'll also be looking forward to Wednesday. That's right. Wednesday visit of Shrewsbury Town to the DW Stadium where we'll be meeting in the Papa John Pizza Trophy. Wow. Mine's on a ham and pineapple. Oh, no. Like Callum Lang. Can't beat a bit of pineapple. Until Sunday, up the ticks. Come on. Up the ticks. <laughs>